looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Pass the Post, Sunday the 25th of October. Nathan X will be with me here in our Ann Street studios in Brisbane. Good morning. Good morning, David. Uh, morning, listeners. We wake up to nice, beautiful sunshine this morning. We'll talk about that a bit later as far as Dubin was concerned. We couldn't get through the 10-race the car. We got up to race six, but more about that later. A horse who's been bought for the Melbourne Cup. Nice little win along the way. Takes the Cox Plate <laughs> yesterday, Sir Dragon. Yes, it, uh, it continues this the uh, the influence of European horses in our major races. The Cox Plate for a long time was sacrosanct, David, uh, in terms of the imports, but then... Uh, Adelaide won it in 2014 and then obviously Ligrecher last year and now Sir Dragon, who technically goes under an Australian name, but first go here in Australia. It was a terrific betting race and uh, he was one that certainly met with a lot of support. Uh, I think as much as 13 down to 750 at the jump. Obviously a move for him with the prevailing conditions. Of course, we raced Friday night. They thought it would rain. It didn't. Mm. They ran quick times. Rain fell overnight. Rain fell during the early part of yesterday. The track was a soft seven. I think the general consensus was close to a heavy eight. Yeah, that betting you you talk about, I just found it astonishing in a race that has that that volume of money traded on it um, and been betting on it for weeks for the that drastic much of a change to happen in those last few moments of the horse you know, thirteen, as you say, down to seven fifty. It certainly told you that uh, he was he was going to race well. Well, it wasn't a typical Cox Plate because there was no one there at uh, Mooney Valley yesterday due to the COVID restrictions, but it still had all the excitement and the hype about it and that that surge when they come to the home turn. Let's first up listen to the replay of the 100th running of the Cox Plate. The favourite was Russian Camelot, and he was well-backed as well at $3.50. So it's Grand Slam, 800 metres to go, looking to do it all with the lightweight by two lengths, Probabil. A length and a quarter away to Colding third. Russian Camelot every chance. Two lengths to Armory, hooking deeper with Mugger two. Then came Buckhurst, Master of Wine, Sir Dragon A. Arcadia Queen tracking into it, six off the lead. Then Aspatar under pressure from Fierce Impact up on the fence. Natoya Humidor well back. Russian Camelot lets down now. Moves up on the outside and takes the lead with Probabil. Armory joining in and Mugger 2 around the outside. Russian Camelot has a fight on his hands. Armory takes the lead. Mugger 2 going with it. Sir Dragon A running on and Probabil the fence in the straight at the 150. It's Armory. Sir Dragon A coming at Armory. Armory and Sir Dragon A. Sir Dragon A takes the lead. Coming clear and joins a century of legends. Sir Dragon A for Bossy. Won the Cox Plate from Armory. Russian Camelot. Fourth a photo. Mugger 2 and Arcadia Queen from Probabil. A great race. Then came Fierce Impact, Master of Wine, Buckhurst, Grand Slam, Humidor, Colding, Natoya and Aspatar amongst the tail enders. Sir Dragon A was superior in the 100th running of the Cox Plate. Listening to the call there of Matt Hill and as Matt pointed out, the fourth for Glenn Boss. He'd already parted Maccabi Diva, So You Think, at Ocean Park. And it was the first for the training partnership of Kieran Ma and David Eustace. And uh, this morning here on Past the Post, we thought we'd take the owner's perspective, and there are a lot of very happy owners in Sir Dragon, eh? But one of those is Noel Greenholz, who's joining us this morning. Noel, good morning. Good morning, David. How are you? I'm well. Congratulations. Did you celebrate hard yesterday? <laughs> uh, reasonably hard, yeah. Probably, <laughs> it, it, it probably wasn't the biggest celebration I've ever put on, but... Um, 
um, you know, it was certainly um, uh, a huge thrill. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you couldn't be there, yeah. I suppose, was the only dampener. But um, what, what, what an effort, mate. What an amazing effort, yeah. A celebration with a difference. I think the story that our listeners will know, and particularly Nathan and I, we don't know a lot about it. Tell us the story, the, the background of the story of how you got into this horse. Um, okay, without taking up too much time, so I was uh, Marie and I and a couple of mates of mine from the markets had a have a, have and still had had and still have a filly in France called Boute Pour Toi. Anyway, um, this little filly uh, placed third in a listed race in France a number of months ago, and the trainer Nicolas Clermont um, was keen to sell her, having got black type. Um, he put together uh, a buyer to a uh, bloodstock agent known around Australia, Louis Le Metier. So Louis and Nicholas were quite good friends. Louis put together uh, an, an offer from Kieran Maher Stable. And um, Kieran and Louis put together a deal to buy out Nicholas's share. And Marie and I and uh, the couple of guys, the markets mates of mine, uh, we stayed in for half our share. So... Um, and Kieran rang me after the race and he said, he said, you know, Noel, he said, I've been trying to get you on my books for a long time. He said, I didn't think I'd have to go to France, all the way to France to buy a horse to get you on my books. I said, you know, <laughs> so he said, well, that's, that's the way it works out. That's the way it works out. So from there, um, um, Will Bourne, uh, Kieran Maher's racing manager, uh, has been very proactive in offering me uh, an interest in more horses. Um, and fortunately, I held my hand up when, I, when they bought Sir Dragon A from, from Coolmore and um, we and I held, we held a hand, hand up and said um, we'll take an interest and uh, that's how it turned out and I'm so glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> Noel Nathan, so that's only a few months back. So that's after he raced uh, in, in the Gold Cup at the Curra, was it? Yeah, his, like, yeah it's probably only 10 weeks ago that the was put together, Nathan. Um, he raced second to Magical. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the, the form around the horses. The best, the best in the world, I suppose. Um, and we just, I mean, he, he, everything stood up. And, and, and obviously the lure of having a runner in the Cox Plate was, was, was a big carrot for dangling there for us. So, um, yeah, so so happy and thrilled to, to jump on. Now, the, the background to the race itself yesterday, we know he's going to the Melbourne Cup, so this is a, a great pickup along the way. And there was a lot of betting confidence, you know, as much as, as we said, $13, and he was down to seven fifty when the... The barriers open. Was that was what were the confidence levels? You know, forty eight hours, twenty four hours leading up to yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I would say, David, too, that I think a decision will be made as to whether he goes to the cup. I don't know that that's been finalised yet. So um, um, I think there'll be some discussion on that. I mean, it obviously looks the path, but I'm not sure that that will be the case. So that, that's uh, that needs to be said. Um, confidence levels. Look, since. Since the horse got here, um, he hasn't put a foot wrong. I mean, he, he, he ate up from day one that he arrived. His, his quarantine uh, at Newmarket through with, with uh, David Eustace's family was, was impeccable. Um, got off the plane here, ate up, and hasn't put a foot wrong. And then confidence started to grow a bit, I think, when, when James Winks um, was, was of the opinion that he'd never been on a horse's back that has, has the lung capacity that this horse has. He said he just... He's got an amazing long capacity, and um, and then everything came to play into our hands when the rain came on mm. Friday night because the horse just loved the wet. So um, like everything, and and I think 
the more and more uh, rain it fell, the more confident the mass stable became. So yesterday, like, and you can see it shortened at the depth. Like, I think it was thirteen, fourteen dollars into seven dollars at, at the air, at the jump. So, yeah, certainly, a few got on. <laughs> Noel, you you went along for the ride with with your great mate Peter Ty um, through the through the whole winks here, and it's been well told that mm. your, your association with her or non association with her. So mm. to to actually win this race yourself now in a, in, a, in in a small way as you did yesterday it mm. must give you huge satisfaction. I assume Peter would have been one of the first people you spoke to yesterday. Absolutely, absolutely, Peter and Patty. Yeah, so like. You know, we've we've been along the whole ride with them, and in fact, it's the irony of it is that we've been down to Mooney Valley for the last five or six Cox Plates, you know, in 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 that company, and had the best time of our lives. And you know, the one the one day that you do have an, a, a runner in it, and, and and you know, the irony of it, I mean, I suppose too, Nathan, is that it's like a hundred Cox Plates. It's it, the the horse's first run in Australia, and it's the first horse I've actually raced with Kieran Mark. It's the first <laughs> runner I've ever had with Kieran Mark. So like. You know, for, for for me to be able to say that, you know, my first ever runner with Kieran Mann, you've done and won the Cox Plate, like, <laughs> quite 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 incredible. There's a few things standing up in line. Um, yeah, Pete Pete was on the phone very early um, and delighted. I mean, you know, I'll never I'll never work out what it was like to win four in a row. But having said that, mate, even the little chunk that we've got of this one and and winning is just so exciting. I mean, if, if there's a race that you want to win as a, as a racing person, it's probably that race. No, I've probably learned in life you should never assume. So I just want to drill down a little bit further on this Melbourne Cup discussion because I suppose, you know, reading this morning's press, most thought it was automatic that he would go to the Melbourne Cup. So what will the discussion be around in regards to him going there or not going there? I, I, think, I think it might be around what his value as an end time might be. Mm. I mean, do you add any value winning a Melbourne Cup? Um, or do you, do, you, do you look for loftier... Well, I suppose there is no loftier targets, but in terms of, you know, stallion-making races, would, would there be others in, in mind? Yeah, worth remembering, it was only his 10th race start yesterday for his third win, so the, world, right, the, yeah. the world is his oyster. Well, and, and, just, yeah. and just one further question. I know it's very preliminary at this stage, um, when will that discussion take place? Sooner than later? Oh, I would imagine so, yeah. Mm. I mean, no, you, you wouldn't be waiting around to, no. to play the game. I mean, you, you need to know where you're going. I, I mean, you know, obviously, if he goes to the club, he, he'll be, he'll be I, think I heard Rossi on the radio this morning saying he'll be a definite live top four mm. chance. So, um, yeah, very exciting. I mean, the, the, only, the only concern going into the race yesterday from, from the mass table was that that the 2040 might have been a bit short for him. <laughs> so, like, I think he's won over 2,400, 2,450 in Ireland. So, you know, you know it's quite an, quite an extraordinary win for him. Yes, amazing. Yeah, well, Noel, you, you'll still have a Melbourne Cup runner anyway in, in the shape of Finch. So, a bit to, Yeah, bit we, we've got Finch in, yeah, yeah. A bit to look forward to the next week. But uh, thrilled for you to be a part of that yesterday, Noel. Uh, appreciated your uh, help over the years and... Um, Seeing those pictures that uh, that Dave Salmon posted yesterday post race, you give the champagne a good shake up, mate. He's a great man, Samo. Yeah, he, he should keep his camera to himself. <laughs> he was very proud but, of uh, what no, he took. He was telling everyone. <laughs> it was a uh, yeah, no, it was a wonderful day. Yeah, it was a great occasion and a wonderful day. Yeah, so very very excited. Yeah, good on you, mate. Congratulations. We'll talk soon. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Oh, green old shorty. Did I get that pronunciation right, David? Yes, you did. Perfect, David. Well done.
Yeah, well, that's, a, that's a fascinating thing, and it's, it's frustrates too. Like, there's an $8 million race, I think $4.7 million for running first, and the discussions around whether or not the, the value of the horse is, is going to be diminished by that. And it's, uh, it frustrates me from an Australian point of view that we just concede that, that speed is king and that we, we yeah. don't do this. So. Did, did you consider that, that he might run in the middle I knew, of the I knew the reason he was going to say, why not? Mm. Because, look, he's an end type. But he just then said in the next next sentence, they were worried that 2000 is going to be too short for him. So I, uh, I'd be very surprised if they don't go. Like, you've got it sitting there in 10 mm. days' time. Glenn Boss has given the, the push, saying, you know, the lung capacity is there. It'd be a great chance. He's well weighted for a Cox Plate winner. The history of Cox Plate winners going to it is is good. Um, I just thought he's terribly hard to beat in it. Latest Melbourne Cup market on tab fix. Tiger Moth, of course, is the unknown, so to speak, at $6. Apart from him, though, this form is now very well exposed through two traditional yep. uh, lead-ups, the Caulfield Cup and the Cox Plate, with Sir Dragon A now at $9. Surprise baby at 10. Anthony Van Dyke, 11. Very elegant, 11. Prince of Aaron, 13, Russian Camelot, 13, Finch, 21 and 26 or better after that. So this is a Melbourne Cup, with the exception of Tiger Moth. A lot of depth here, isn't there? Yeah, there always is, I guess. And Tiger Moth's just that fascinating runner. But our next guest, David, he's going to have a runner or two in the Melbourne Cup. Um, Hang on, I'm getting told again for David. (laughs) I'll let you take over, David. Just just hold off. We'll we'll just... um talk about the race itself yesterday Armoury ran well, where is Sir Dragon A, I think chances were enhanced when the wet came, chances probably diminished somewhat with Armoury and the, the wet track, so he ran Possibly well. did, yeah Sir Dragon A had the wood on him in that wet track race um, back in July but, um, he ran super Armoury, didn't he, given he, there was a cloud over him two days out Russian Camelot, good? Yeah, he was good, and uh, whether there's some question mark 3,200 metres now, but he had to make his run a long way out, and he's he's done a terrific job. Mugger too. Battled above his weight, ran well. He was just enormous, wasn't he? Faced the breeze the whole way and, and kept punching away. So whether they press into a Melbourne Cup with him, I'm, I'm not sure, but um, it was a terrific run. And I thought Arcadia Queen was good considering that's not her ideal service, and she weighed in in fifth position. They ran the time of 2.8.46, and the last 600 was pretty slow, 38.5, which I think underlines the testing conditions of that Mooney Valley trek yesterday. Let's go to our next feature, and this is the Crystal Mile, down to a field of five. Here's the replay. By the school, approaching the 600 metres. It's the big fellow homesman, three quarters of a length in front. Age of Chivalry second. Kings will dream the first to slip up three wide. They were followed by Riddle Me That tracking it and Dr. Drill losing a bit of touch with them coming up towards the turn. At the 400, it's Homesman by a half length Age of Chivalry. Then Kings will dream battling on still two or three off the lead from Riddle Me That. But Homesman around the turn is going really well. 200 metres to go, skip clear. Two lengths Age of Chivalry, Kings Will Dream and Riddle Me That but Holmesman with 100 metres to go, led from Age of Chivalry two and a half away, then Kings Will Dream but it's Holmesman, too good Holmesman won the Crystal Mile second Age of Chivalry, third Kings Will Dream from Riddle Me That and Dr Drill last of the five yeah, As I touched on earlier, our next guest Sam Friedman, who was co-trainer of Holmesman yesterday, they're going to have a couple of runners in the Melbourne Cup, we welcome Sam, thanks for joining us this morning Sam no worries. Morning, guys. Yeah, I just thought I'd touch on Steel Prince first, Sam. He won the Geelong Cup through the week and gets a penalty, which um, should be enough to get him into the Melbourne Cup now. Yeah, look, he was um, he was brave on, on Wednesday and he'd been racing without a bit of luck 
um, this preparation thus far. So he was very deserving of that, and and you know we felt that he deserved that penalty. He ran a really good race in the Melbourne Cup last year, and we probably think he's going a length or two better this time around. And um, you know he had a sticky gait last year and, and over raced a little bit off that slow tempo in the cup. So with a with a more genuine tempo and a better run. Um, I think he can he can um, he can finish a little closer. And just while we're on that race, Ladon Le- De V had it started for you there in the Geelong Cup. Do you go again this Saturday in the hope of securing a cup run through the the Lexus? No, look, he'll go. Um, he'll probably go to the Queen Elizabeth on the last day. Um, you know, we'll hold on to the hope that he, he could sneak into the Melbourne Cup, which is you know highly unlikely, but. Um, we'll we'll aim there, and then you know, provided he doesn't get a run, we'll end up going to the Queen Elizabeth on the last day. Um, that looks a, a really nice race that'll suit him. He was very brave, um, you know, first run off the plane and did it tough, rolling along at a at a pretty genuine tempo. And um, yeah, he's got a promising future certainly, you know, over the next twelve months. Sam, it's David Fowler here. You've had a good week, you and your dad. Of course, we talked about uh, Geelong Cup Quinelli, one with groundswell on Friday night. And yesterday, we've just listened to Homesman. And, of course, I think the whole of Australia was on La Mexicana in the last <laughs> race, and it it uh, got over the line. But talking about Homesman, it seemed it seemed fairly apparent uh, during the early part of the day it was best to be on speed to the rail, and, and Ben Millam certainly took advantage. That was no surprise to see him in front and. It was a strong win, but he's a good horse fresh, this one, isn't he, Homesman? He is, yeah. Look, we've we've only had him for, um, you know, one preparation prior to this, and he's a really funny and, and strange horse to get a guide on at home. Um, you know, Lloyd spoke to us at the start of this prepper, and he's got um, the idea that he doesn't think these European horses enjoy trials and, and all those sort of things. So we didn't give him a trial. We just got all the work into him at home, and, and um, you know, he, he's... He's not the best track worker. He's not the flashiest worker at home. Um, and he's, you know, if you watched him parade, he, he looks fat every time he goes to the races. He's a, he's a big boy um, and he's very deceptive, but he flies fresh and he, and he loves the valley in a mile. So it was a real target race for him that yesterday. And, you know, we probably did think that um, there'd be a few tired horses turning up there that had been to every dance this, this mm-hmm. preparation. And, and he was a fresh horse on the scene. So... Uh, I was a little surprised that they they handed in the lead like that because um, you know when you give a good horse like that an easy time of it he, he was always going to give a good kick. Exactly right, and um, there was a good form reference there. I think it was the Fian that he won after a long break and at the mile of the Valley, and he was able to win that. Uh, La Mexicana, as we mentioned, was heavily backed in the last race. Just got home, a lightly race, but promising time. Yeah, she's a good filly. She's um, she's still learning her craft. She's she's been a bit of a handful at home. She's had a few barrier issues, and um, you know, at the start of the spring, we were potentially looking at a, at a thousand guineas with her, and, and we just lost too much time with her. So we um, gave her a little fresh, and, and and yesterday was a was a real sort of target race for her, along with um, there's a filly's race at Sandown at the end of the carnival. So. Um, you know, hopefully she can go and, and be very competitive in that race, and then she'll head to the paddock with um, with a with a head full of confidence. But she's um, she's won you know three starts now, and and most of them you know they've been on soft or heavy going. So I think she's in an element on that sort of track. Um, not to say that she she doesn't handle firm going, but I think that um, she really excels in that ground. Sam Groundswell would have been one of the most valuable colts in the land just on his pedigree alone. So. Uh, Talk me through the decision to geld him and then the, the subsequent transformation, this preparation where he's now really putting it all together. Yeah, well, look, it was a, it's a hard decision to to 
you know get owners' heads around that that a horse that you know you've paid two point six million for it and need gelding, um, <laughs> especially after you've run third in the Caulfield Guineas. You know he, he looked like he was going to be a very promising horse, and um, ultimately the owners were on board, and then there was no resistance really that they wanted to see him become a, a good racehorse, and um, you know because a horse like that with his pedigree, um, he probably could have gone to stud having run third in the Caulfield Guineas. He would have got a gig somewhere and. Um, you know, he would have served a few mares, but uh, but they were happy to geld him and, and see a racehorse. So we were hopeful that it would obviously turn him around. And the first up run was was okay, but he jumped out of the ground second up at Cranbourne, and it was good to see him do it again at the Valley. You know, we wanted to build some confidence with him, and and then we can go back into the deep end with him. So that deep end, where does that point to? There's a Golden Eagle, or wait for something in Cup Week. Yeah, well, look, we'll, we've got him numb for the Golden Eagle and we'll probably keep him in Melbourne until Wednesday. Just have a really good look at the, the weather. Um, he needs a bone-dry track um, to, to perform at his best. So if it was likely, which it, it looks like it could be, a soft or heavy track there at Rose Hill, we wouldn't we wouldn't start him. So if not, there's, um, there's a mile at, at Flemington, a benchmark 90, that he'd be pretty hard to beat in or there's a, a few listed in Group 3s that... That could also suit him. So, um, look, he's just racing very genuinely at the moment. And, um, you know, it's hard to know with a horse like him where his ceiling might end up because Charles, uh, his full sister, was obviously just kept taking those steps. And, and once she's in the zone, she was very hard to beat in everything she ran in. And he's in a very, very good space at the moment. So we'll be um, very tactical as to where we, we step in that next. Sandra Adelaine uh, achieved a midfield finish in the Everest last Saturday week. Where is he headed now? Well, he's in a similar boat to to Groundswell. He'll be um, he's on for the yes, yes, yes next Saturday, thirteen hundred Rose Hill. But again, we we probably wouldn't run him there if it was a soft or heavy track. Um, and in which case, we'd we'd bring him home and he'd go to the VRC Sprint again. Um, he's in in really good form couldn't be happier with with his run last time out he was just you know he was never going to be a factor after 100 meters in when he was spotting them 30 lengths so um he's closed off really well and, and it's just good to see him performing well again and the other one sam chica does she run in the wakeful or go straight to the oaks listen she's um she might run in the wakeful but we've also we'll also have a nom for the um empire rose yep back to the mile um you know, with, with no weight on her back. You know, we obviously did it with Shoals a few years ago. Um, it's a good race for the three-year-old fillies. They've, they've probably handed too much weight relief, I think, off some of those mares. And she's an on-speed type. She'd be rock-hard fit back to that trip. And we may look at some headgear with her. So she'll work during the week, and then we'll work out whether she goes to the Wakeful or the Empire Rose. Um, but she won't be seeing the Oaks, I don't think, regardless. Okay. Sam, thanks for your time this morning. There's plenty to look forward to for the stable over the next few weeks, but certainly the last week has been, the last few weeks have been very productive as well. Good luck uh, at the, this really important time coming up over the next week or two. Cheers. Thanks very much, guys. Sam Freeman joining us. Homesman will go to the McKinnon. Mm-hmm. $17 chance. This is a race in itself. It's going to be a great race. Yeah, and... Very interesting his comments in sort of the target race yesterday, thinking they'll get those other horses at the right time. Then uh, proved so accurate, didn't it, David? That these horses going round and round, and a horse like King's Dream hasn't quite measured up this prep, so comes back to that race there yesterday. And, and Holmesman was uh, he was getting them at the right time, but he's he's a really good horse in his own right, and you'd think he'd be hard to beat in that McKinnon. Just on that, uh, I, I mentioned at the start of the interview that 
the track did play leaderish, uh, certainly early in the day. Just wonder how much is that tempo and with the the best horses were winning the races. David, like it ran pretty true to form all day, and then you know you look at a race like the Cox Plate where you know. The, the one-two settled midfield, a touch worse. Cherry Tortonia's best horse in the Vars circled them. So I think it did level itself out as the day wore on. But certainly from a visual point of view, it did look difficult early on. And But I do think it levelled up later. Let's continue our look back at the Valley yesterday on Cox Plate Day. We've covered off on the Cox Plate and the Crystal Mile. Let's go to the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. And uh, this was a rough result, but uh, it certainly sparked a great day for jockey Jamie Carr. Here's the replay. Ocean X at the 400 led from Etta James. Shared ambition right there. Under the whip, Gallic Chieftain. Miami Bound is sooling around them. Then a tired Polly Gray. Ocean X around the turn at the 200. Shared ambition with a looping run. Shared ambition up to Ocean X. Miami Bound coming on too. Shared ambition. Miami Bound moves up to it. Shared ambition. Miami Bound. Miami Bound runs on by and surges away. Miami Bound won the Gold Cup. Two and a quarter. Shared ambition. Ocean X. Etta James, then Gallic Chieftain, next sound, Cariff, Salino, Polly Gray, Trap for Fools, a gap of Indy, last hush writer. Yes, Miami Bound, appreciating the conditions, and that was one of four winners for Jamie Carr. What an outstanding result for her on, on Cox Plate. Yeah, so as, as you touched on with Sam, the, the, the nation was riding on her in the last in La Mexicana, which she got home. So it was a real turnaround for Miami Bound, clearly just a mare that, that needs ground and... Um, uh, that she wound back the clock sort of 12 months to when she was winning the Wakeful and the Oaks. Do we take much out of this race from a, a future viewpoint? I would oh, say not. No, I wouldn't have thought so. She's a $34 Melbourne Cup chance, Miami Bound. And, um, that's where it sort of ends, I think, the race. Let's go to the Vars, a traditional lead-up for the Victoria Derby. The favourite was Cherry Tortoni, $2.60. So at the 500, Luna Fox strides up to Captain Corelli and Tanker. Cherry Tortoni now joining in from Quay Quay, left flat-footed. Further back is Sarah Deck up towards the turn at the 350. Cherry Tortoni from last to first has gone to the lead around the turn. Two lengths to Quay Quay. Luna Fox battles on with Captain Corelli and Tanker. Cherry Tortoni, but Quay Quay is the fresh horse on the scene. Cherry Tortoni at the 100, a half-length in front. Quay Quay wearing it down. Cherry Tortoni is boxing on just in front of Quay Quay and Cherry Tortoni punched out one from Quay Quay a half neck seven leagues Johnny get angry Captain Corelli then Tanker Saradek Luna Fox and Reliable Lovin was last in the 40th vase I mentioned the Cherry Tortoni was the $2.60 favourite the market was turned on its head because the the morning line favourite Young Verda came out with the conditions and that uh, promoted Cherry Tortoni to favouritism Patrick Payne, Cherry Tortoni's trainer, joins us on Past the Post this morning. Patrick, congratulations, and I'm sure you're, you're a relieved man today to see this horse bounce back to what you know he can do. Thanks very much. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, um, after a disappointing performance up in Sydney, it was wrong call by me taking him up there, so he just got lost there. So, it was, as you said, it was fantastic for me to get back into winning form. When you say you made the wrong call, just expand on that for us. Uh, so it was, it was a late call. I, the weather forecast said it was going to be extremely heavy at Caulfield, and he's actually a bit on top of the ground. So I just thought I thought it'd be safer. To, I thought it was another option for him to go up to to Sydney for the Spring Champion Chase, and, and, I, and I thought 2,000 metres would suit him better as well. Um, but as I said, it was a bit of a late call. He just didn't go the other way of going. I thought he would. Uh, he's, done, he's done a lot of work here, going the opposite way, but 
He's never actually had a trial. The other one, that's what we normally do with young horses. If uh, if we if, if, if when they're going to race the opposite way or opposite way to us, um, we give them a trial. The other one, that seems to hold him a good set. And he never had that, and I think that was why what, what was contributed to the poor performance. Uh, Patrick Nathan X will be here. He's got a pedigree that's um, familiar to, to so many people with with tie the knot. There has the Derby been the aim from the from the time he walked into the stable. Even before, like Sandy Tate, he's, he's a great horseman, and he just said, hey, this is a nice horse I've ever sent down. And you do hear that a little bit, but not from Sandy, and mm. he just said, hey, it's a really nice horse. Uh, can, can we get him going early? I even sent him down, like, a, maybe even before he was even two, and said, hey, you know, we, we need, we, we, we think he's a derby horse, and they said, but he needs the education to sort of, you know, to, to, to platform him into that. So, so from, it doesn't always work out, and always, you always hear saying, oh, it's a derby horse, derby horse, but... Um, but we, we actually did, or actually more Sandy Tate, identified him as a Derby horse like a long time ago. Patrick, we were talking with one of the part owners of Sir Dragon a, a little earlier, and we, we fell in half fell into a trap where we just thought, well, the Melbourne Cup is there. But he pulled us up a bit saying, well, there'll be discussion about that. Just look at the horse's value as an entire. But in terms of Cherry Tortoni, the, the Derby, of course, this Saturday, you're currently at $5.50 second favourite. Uh, I think I read some reports this morning where, you know, he'll tell you, you know, whether he goes to the derby, but at this stage, is it all systems go? We're very keen to go to the derby if, if, he, if, he, if he's okay. Mm. We're very mindful that he's going to be a nice four, five, six job, we think, so we'd never do anything to jeopardise that. So uh, if he shows us any signs, and, and young horses can, they can be go through growth spurts and get tired and, and as they go through growing pains, and that can happen, so you have to abort their program, I believe, but um, at, the, at the stage, he, he, he seems fantastic. He's pulled up sound and well, so so, so we're heading to the, towards the derby with some confidence at the moment. And of course, uh, yesterday, apart from the horse winning the vase itself, a uh, special day for anyone who's been involved with previous Cox Plates, and of course, you partnered Northerly, I think, about 2012 it was. 2002, sorry. Yeah, it was a great day. Yeah, it was a great day, like, you know, from a, from a racing family, we always watched the Cox Plate growing up as a little kid, so so to be a part of it and to win it, um, you nearly think it's unachievable. But as I said, as I said if, you, if you're sort of in the right position at the wrong time, the right time and, and get the opportunity, but as I said, it was just a fantastic day for us to win that race. You've been training 12 years now, Patrick. What would it mean for you to, to win that, get a breakthrough group one as a trainer? Uh, fantastic. And more, more, I reckon, more for even the worst of the farm here. Like... Um, it's sort of unsung heroes, really. I know, I know, I get caught up a little bit, but I see these people here at, at night, like eight o'clock at night, putting more mugs on the horses and making sure they've got clean water and that sort of stuff. So, and the girl who looks after Cherry Tortoni, Louise, she's um, she, she just loves the horse. So I, I do get a good kick out of out of, out of everyone working together and, and seeing and seeing everyone working together. A good kick out of these horses winning. Do you think that's a part of the industry we could sell a little bit better, sort of showing those behind the scenes and and just bringing into lounge rooms the genuine affection all of these the workers have for these horses and the amount of time that they put into it? I think it's a great idea. You know, I've said it to a few people. I've said, look, people don't realise how important how important you know these people are, but they make sure these horses get to the races sound, happy and healthy. And and as I said, like I don't think people realise how important and great job they do. So. So, so as as I said, like excellent idea if we can sort of help promote them, and even I think I think New South Wales gives them like a percentage of the prize money. Victoria doesn't, but I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I think, and I think we're on a unity ticket here. I think we in the racing industry, us within the Beltway, we all know how 
the, the horse, the animal is cared for, not only by the trainer, but by the strapper and all the people associated. But I think we assume that everyone else knows that as well. And I think sadly that's not the case. And we probably do need a bit more promotion out there to, to, to highlight that fact. But anyway, regardless, congratulations on yesterday. We hope to see uh, this very promising three-year-old Cherry Tortoni in the derby. It'll be a great result for you. So fingers crossed uh, he gets the green light during the week and we'll see you on derby day. Thanks very much. Let's hope. Good luck. Patrick Payne joining us this morning. Young Verda still holds derby favouritism at $4. Uh, as we said, a late scratching due to the, the the track yesterday. Not an ideal situation for the Danny O'Brien stable to be in because now he goes into the derby not having run since the 3rd of October, so it'll be a month between runs. Plus only two career starts. Dominic Byrne has tweeted this morning, David, that he said if he can win the derby, be one of the most amazing training efforts I've witnessed in Australia, says Dominic Byrne. Bear in mind, he did a similar thing with Russian Camelot to win the South Australian derby. Remember, he, yes. he, he, he scratched the barriers one day, then he won that uh, I think a race at Pakenham or somewhere. Then he missed another start, so he went from the 1600 to the derby but and still managed to have him fit enough to do that. So he's a fascinating runner, isn't he? I'll just check that derby market. Young Verda, $4. Cherry Tortoni at five fifty. Alvarado hit the shot and let's crack a deal at 7 Redwood Shadow heads the rest at $11. So that's the derby coming up this Saturday with the uh, the first of the uh, well, the first uh, big day of the, the big week at Flemington. What will happen with crowds, do you think? No announcement. There was some special... <laughs> I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be game to to uh, hazard a guess at that. No. So just... The VRC certainly put their hand up last week, even in the wake of the Mooney Valley controversy, and so we're still hoping that we can mm. get people... So it depends a lot. depends on what happens today with the announcements made in Victoria. And just for background, our listeners who might have been aware of the situation, there was a, not, there wasn't a suggestion. It was actually announced that uh, I think 500 owners uh, could go to Cox Plate Day. Then that was rescinded by Martin Pakula uh, after there was an outcry. So no one at Cox Plate Day yesterday. So now we're down to seven days out or six days out. So today's uh, Dan Andrews presser will be interesting because it may well come up in, in conversation. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think that racing should just sort of keep its head down a little and and, and um, not push for it? Or well, I, I think it is an expression, <laughs> and I hate that we're all in it together. So what I'm saying is, I think we're really on the way out now. I mean, you know, I, I know Victoria has had issues, uh, some spot fires in New South Wales, but apart from that, the rest of Australia is virtually COVID-free, and yet we're still going through all this bureaucratic red tape of signing in and doing this and doing that. Uh, look, uh, and, and I, I could so, just imagine you getting cranky at a restaurant, you know, you're getting to sit down for that first of four, well, three or four bottles of red, and well, it was very frustrating having to sign your name. presumptuous. <laughs> they like, I drink that much. But, I mean, no, look, I, I think the bottom line is I think that Flemington is such a big complex that that uh, within reason they could uh, allow, you know, whether it be owners or whether it be members or whether it be... You know, uh, some public uh, as well. I agree to the, to an extent, but as long as it's in alignment with what's happening with the the rest of the the, the lockdown rules, so that you can't just have a, a rule as we saw the backlash last week, where oh, you can just go to your home to go to a race meeting, and just, it's not going to wash with the public. So, it, for mine, it depends on what limitations are put on everyone else. Well, we've covered off on the valley. Producer Dale's got his finger poised right on the button for a break, have you not, Producer Dale? So we'll do that and then come back and have a look at the meeting at Royal Rabbit yesterday. 
Brisbane Post and Beams have been looking after tradies in the public for over 20 years. Specialising in the domestic building and renovating market and with a huge variety of stock, our experienced and dedicated staff are here to help. Steel posts, stair stringers, beams, mesh, steel cut to size and more. We also sell galvanised lintels and retaining wall posts. For fast, efficient and economical products and quality without compromise, call Brisbane Posts and Beams, 1300 4 Posts or visit brisposts.com.au. If it's equine or canine, then your one-stop shop is Garrard's Horse and Hound. Check out this month's specials available in-store, Australia-wide and online. Maximise the health and well-being of your animals with Protexin Probiotic Powder. Grab one kilogram for $76.42 and get a bonus descour paste valued at $21.73 absolutely free. Save on Wynn's Organic Disinfectant Spray, 500ml at the great price of $19.60. New to Garrard's. Banana Feed Be Complete, 2.5 kilo, now $74.84. 9 kilograms, $247.70. And 15 kg, now $336.80. Spectrum Electrolyte Be Pace, 1 kilogram, now $148.36. And stand out in Wolfwear Hat Covers, in assorted colours, just $26.58. And attachable pom-poms, now $15.48 each. This month's specials available in-store, online at garrardshorseandhound.com.au or free call one 800 060896 Garrard's Horse and Hound. Past the Post on Radio Tab. Thanks for your company. We're joining Nathan Exelby and I on Past the Post this morning. We've had uh, a very good look at the Valley yesterday, Cox Play Day, but of course it was a big day at Royal Ramwick as well and very similar to the Valley and also at Doombin. Uh, the the meeting was marred by wet weather and we saw a continual uh, downgrading of the track, so so much so we ended up heavy for the last four races. And one of those races was the feature, the million-dollar Bondi Stakes. Let's go to the replay. Peltzer ran favourite, $2.80. As they prepare to swing for home and Peltzer shows the way. Acrophobics off the fence now from Street Dancer who just wobbled a bit. Prime Star getting to the outside. At the 350, Peltzer a length clear from Acrophobic. Street Dancer and Prime Star's running on well. Two further back to Elizabeth. It's Peltzer shook off Acrophobic. Prime Star goes to a clear second to Matsu down the stands rail. But Peltzer three lengths clear from Prime Star and Peltzer's going further in front. Peltzer goes on to win the Bondi Stakes. Four out of Four. Here at Ramwick, Peltzer won it by three. Prime Star second, real peace ducking at the end. Then came Elizabeth Beale from Street Dancer. Namatsu came right down the stands rail, but not a factor. Acrophobic didn't get through the ground from Style Bender and Red Stiletto. Yes, so the overall record is five from eight for Peltzer, for Gerald Ryan, and hey, pronunciations, I need help here. <laughs> What's I'm probably what, not the right person. What's his What's his training partnership man's name? Sterling Ale- Alexio. 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 All right. Um, and as, as Darren pointed out in the broadcast, uh, very effective at the Ramwick uh, track. Yeah, he certainly is, and he's been well placed in these couple. He wasn't quite up to Ole Kirk and Co. Um, he may well be in time. It's interesting Gerald Ryan's comments about how he had this horse pegged very early, just based mm. on a jump out down the back there and the time he ran, and. The other possibility, David, he, he may well get further. He ran the mile out comfortably there yesterday. He's a son of So You Think. And if he can get further in the autumn, then that opens up a, a lot of other options. And in post-race dispatches, the S-word was mentioned as well, Stradbury, a potential Stradbury okay, ground well, next year. Obviously not thoughts of going to Rose Hill Guineas and the like then, so um, he needs to keep improving for a race like that. But, um, look, he's already got a terrific record. And 
The Bondi winner from last year didn't go on with it. We were set to see him, Kubrick, the race at Doom in a restricted race yesterday. So still a race in its infancy. So we need to sort of see how it pans out over time. But he does look to have good upside. You're you're right about a race in its infancy, and they've and you know they've got to earn that these these new races have to earn their stripes. Something I didn't ask you last week when we were talking about the Everest because we were concentrating on the race, the, the running of the race itself. Is it not a foregone conclusion this race should be given Group One status? Yes or no? Yes, it sh- should happen. That's but will the, it happen? The, the, that's the arms race between Victoria and New South Wales. That's that's stopping that. Like for mine. You know, they talk about, well, it's a restricted race. Well, so is a Caulfield Guineas or a 1,000 Guineas. They're, they're restricted to certain ages and sexes. And surely the, the bottom line is you measure the race by its uh, um, the talent that ran in it, and <laughs> it's pretty undisputable. Mm. Exactly. Well, that was the, the Bondi with no uh, group or status against it, but it was a million-dollar race. But one race that did have group status was the Nivison. This is for the Mayors. And the favourite for the race... Now, I asked producer Dale to find this for me. And Equal favourite, Stable. Wonder Bar and Blazing Miss, $5.50 each of two. Thank you, Nathan, for stepping in there. Producer Dale, hit the button. 600 metres to run and Sweet Deal has the lead on her own now. By a length and a half to positive piece, Blazing Miss covering ground. Followed by Tricky Gal on the inside of a theory. Seasons with cover and two fact further back now to Wanda Bar. They're mud splattered back in the field and Sweet Deal in front from positive piece staked up and sticking on. Then Tricky Gal, a theory working into the clear from Blazing Miss and three further back to Wanda Bar. Positive piece joins Sweet Deal, a theory two off them. Positive piece with a head in front. Charging at the end is Wonderbar. Positive piece in front from Wonderbar. Positive piece. Wonderbar, a long neck to Wonderbar. A mud splattered Wonderbar. A theory ran third, followed by Tricky Gallon Sweet Deal. Further back to Blazing Mess from Gen Rules. Then came Evelina from Insensata and Seasons. Yes, even though we were in the heavy range at this stage, the time still still stood up pretty well. They ran one ten sixty nine and positive piece didn't go unnoticed in betting either twenty one to sixteen for Bjorn Baker, who of course produced Fun Factor with the St Ledger the previous week over twenty six hundred metres after it could run a place in the Queensland not, Cup over twenty two hundred. You're not letting go of that either. And I, I hope, and I, uh, I didn't even like it that day no, in, no, in, in Brisbane. Yes. Uh, she'd won five straight last prep through to Group mm. Two level. Uh, positive piece and now another group three on the card and I see Beyond Baker. Well, there's plenty of options, isn't there, whether he goes the, the group route or uh, goes to those uh, richer, newer races, uh, including the gong. I tell you what, I don't think uh, waging operators would have fared too well at uh, Royal Ramwick yesterday. When you look at the results, Tiger of Malay in the first 17 into nine, I know Ron Duffersey selected, I think they bet as much as 26. Uh, you saw... In the fifth race, the City Tats Club Cup, Knight's Order, 18 into 8. We mentioned Peltzer was a well-baked favourite. We mentioned Specking for Positive Peace. And then Putters really uh, rallied. They they had the wind in their sails, high-low. And this was one that was very heavily big. I certainly know where the tab it was, um, $3. And then, just for good measure, the favourite sailed home in the last ice bath at $2.60. So it well, was... Well, across the three... Three eastern states, look, they kept rolling in at Mooney Valley, most of the fancied runners, and even the, the, sh- the cut-short program at Doombin, there was a number of favourites that lobbed there as well. Now, let's uh, turn our attention to Doombin, and before we uh, listen to a couple of the highlights, I mean, we'll have a chat too with Annabelle Neesham, who has only recently taken out a trainer's licence, and she prepared Ghost Rider to win the, the Suez Plate. 
Uh, we were cut down uh, virtually mid-meeting after race six. Just give us the background. You've, I know you've written something in the Sunday Mail this morning. Just tell those listeners out there why, again, we couldn't get through <laughs> Metropolitan Meeting when it rains through the day. Well, we had 26 mils in 10 minutes at Doomben, so uh, stewards at that point put the races back one race. Uh, the, the rain kept coming down, albeit lesser, less heavy, but... There are a couple of points of concern on the track, most notably from the winning post to the crossing going out of the straight, where there was some surface water and also between the 800 and the 600, and stewards deemed that uh, it wasn't safe and visibility would have been a real issue. And quite aside from that, it was an interesting watch, David. So the stewards were out on the track. The jockeys hadn't been consulted at that stage, and there was no chance that meeting was going to go ahead after after the that huge downpour. It isn't the first time we've been in this situation, is it? At Doombin. No, it's it's pretty typical at Doombin. I I wrote that I think it's probably a blessing given the amount of racing Doombin's going to have in the next few weeks, but that shouldn't be the consideration on, on the day of the races. But it seems to be a pretty well-established pattern now, David, that there's an assumption if that kind of rain happens at Doombin that they're off. Mm. You don't like it? Uh, no, look, I was saying to someone yesterday after the, the, the meeting was cancelled, we were having a discussion, and, and look, you know, I think sometimes it's it's become knee-jerk and doomer now that this is assumed. Mm-hmm. It rains heavily. We're not racing. Jockeys don't want to ride. Visibility, but throw all the factors in. I'm not. I'm not uh, demeaning those factors or, or, or making light of them. But from from a point of view of someone like myself, this is an argument you can't win, no. and it's no point pushing down the road because you know you could go ahead and race. There could be a fall, and your argument is just completely smashed. So. Uh, it's it is it is what it is. It's my favourite expression these days, and I'm <laughs> using it a lot. Let's go to uh, one of the races that was run. In fact, this was the last race that was run before they they were called off, and it was run in heavy rain. The favourite was Pareto at three dollars. 600 left to run, 35.56 the first 600 metres, Little Dusty Tycoon comes to the turn in front of Bad Barista and Parado. they're followed by Chattanooga Lucy, Thompson Mad to get to work on Glitterstrip, then Benny gets said, Star Rosa Minji and last of all is Cosmic Gossip in the home straight though, and Dusty Tycoon leads away, Parado is trying home with Bad Barista, Glitterstrip and Star Rosa running on, they're making their runs together, but Dusty Tycoon is still the leader, 100 left to run in front, Parado is trying home, Dusty Tycoon stopping. Pareto is driving. Here's the post. Pareto. Pareto got up and knocked off Dusty Tycoon. Third over the line was Star Rosa. And then Glitterstrip followed by Minji, who ran on. Then Benny gets set. Bad Barista. Second last was Cosmic Gossip. And last of all, Chattanooga Lucy in 1.9. Yes, despite that race run on heavy rain, still a good gallop. 199 off the back of that maiden win in 1.9. And, uh, I've been talking about this, you know, for some time in, in recent weeks. Uh, it's not a hobby horse as such, but we've discussed it, and I've done it in form previews, horses that, that have their first prep and then their second prep. Mm. And this is a great case in point where Toby Edmonds outlined she was a weak horse yep. in that first preparation earlier in the year. She's come back a stronger filly now, and it's been advertised with those two wins. Yeah, well, you certainly couldn't have had her in a race like that on her first prep form, but she wasn't that well-fancied first up either, David. Um, I think there was a short price favourite in the race that day. Um, But the the pennies dropped now and the the stable clearly have a decent opinion of I know Dusty Tycoon would have had a thousand My Runner's owners willing her on, but uh, Toby Edmonds gave uh, Pareto a good ride in those last hundred metres, I can tell you. 
I thought it was a very encouraging run by Dusty Tycoon because there has been a school of thought she was suspect at 1,200. I suppose she's been beaten at 1,200 yesterday, but 59 kilos first up and... You know, they've broken 110 on a track that would have had some given it by that stage. So I thought her run was very good. Yeah, she'll run 12, she'll, she'll win a 1,200-metre for sure, race for sure on that. It was a very good effort first up. The feature race of the day was the, the Suez Spring two-year-old plate, $125,000 race. And Ghost Rider arrived from Sydney and ran the favourite, $3.40. Here's the replay. On straightening, and Shaluna's in the lead. Ghost Rider is trying hard on the outside. I've been there, trying to get a run. Ain't she lovely? Battling away. Wider on the track was Grey Defence, and Alert and Ready is coming right down the outside. Ghost Rider took the lead, broke clear. I've been there, is running on. Ghost Rider in front. Ghost Rider too strong. Ghost Rider beat I've been there. Alert and Ready third. Fourth, Shaluna. LaForce passing quite a few. Then came Grey Defence, followed by Mashani Bandit. Ain't she Lovely, our hot friend, Emmy Vane, Mashani Delight, Lockdown Lady, and the Magic One last time in 1504. Annabelle Nisham has only recently taken out a trainer's licence, and it's been really um, uh, good going for, for Annabelle because I think from her first nine starters, which included Ghost Rider yesterday, she's won four of her, the nine horses that she started, and her first three starters were all winners. and. She's been kind enough to join us this morning. Annabelle, congratulations on the win yesterday. Thank you very much. No, it was great. It was a shame I couldn't be up there, but, um, yeah, watched it from Randwick, and it was a big thrill. He was also an acceptor at Randwick in that first race. Um, was it a, a tough decision to make to, to, to opt to come here rather than, than run in Sydney? Um, not really. He drew 13 of 13 at, uh, at Randwick, and... You know, being a first starter, I thought I didn't really want him trying to overcome a wide gate. Mm. So he drew well up there, and and the, and the prize money was 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 better up there for the winner. So look, he's a magic million horse, and and uh, look, that was very much at the back of my mind. Annabelle, the form had been franked earlier in the day in, in Tiger of Malay winning in Sydney, which uh, Ghost Rider had beaten in the trials, and that was borne out in the betting. He was well well back, so he's done everything right from the get go. This horse. Yeah, he has. He's a he's a beautiful colt. Um, he's a sort of he's a big, strong sort of colt. Um, he's, he's a good doer. I know he's bounced through the through the run this morning. Um, he's yeah, he's won both of his trials. He's he puts himself on speed, which is obviously a big advantage with these two year olds. But I think the exciting thing about him is you know even yesterday I thought he looked green and was was really just floating to the line. I think he's got quite a lot more to, to offer um, once the pennies drop. So at the moment, he's probably just doing it all on raw ability. You mentioned he's a Magic Millions uh, graduate. That 72,500 uh, is uh, excellent for the kitty. What's the plan with him now? Do you give him another run sooner or later? Um, we'll just see. He, he'll travel back overnight. Um, he'll get back to Warwick Farm tomorrow. So we'll just assess him and and um, and see. There's, there's the golden gift in a fortnight uh it's not often you can you can race two-year-olds for a million dollars so <laughs> we'll certainly have a look at that race um i think i looked through the last couple of years i think with the 72 you know he'd, he'd be quite a strong chance of getting in with that sort of money but he's quite a big good doing sort of cult so i certainly think you'll, you'll see him once if not twice um before before a magic millions if we're lucky lucky enough to get into that race yeah, so you'd be stiff to miss a Magic Millions with 72,000 in, in the kitty. Um, is it right you've got about 35 horses there in work, Annabelle, at Warwick Farm? Yeah, we've got about uh, yeah, 35 in work. Um, we're just 
we've bought some more at the ready to run sales this week and um, we'll be looking to hopefully buy a couple more at the Magic Millions ready to run sale in the next few weeks and and um, also some overseas horses from the from the um, Catazole horses and training sale which starts in the next couple of days so um, just working hard at the moment trying to get new horses into the stable and, and build the stable um, but you know I'm lucky I've got a lot of good support from some some from from some good stud farms, including Aquis, who have really got behind me. So certainly making life a little bit easier early doors to to have some nice uh, juvenile runners. Yeah, it certainly would. You, you spent a, um, a good deal of time with Kieran Ma before shifting out on your own. It would have been a wonderful day for him yesterday. Oh, it was, it was a huge thrill. Um, I, was, I was absolutely delighted for Kieran and for Dave. Uh, they, they work really, really hard, their, their whole team does, and um, yeah, I spoke to them both last night. I think they're still in shock. I haven't managed to get hold of them this morning. I think they'll be feeling a little bit dusty, but yeah, massive effort. I think um, I think Kieran's interview afterwards thanking his non-existent sisters was probably the highlight of this. <laughs> Adel, Adel, before we let you go, um, you've unveiled Ghost Rider yesterday. Any other uh, two-year-olds that are ready to hit the ground that we should be following or should be watching out for? Um, yeah, there's a, a very nice filly. She's a, a relation, she's a sister to away game. Um, she's called Pippa Charlotte. Um, she's had a couple of trials and we'll probably look to start her in, in something like the Max Lees in a couple of weeks. Um, but with her, we'll probably keep an eye on the calendar up up where you guys are as well. Um, you know, try and follow a similar path to away game. She's a Magic Million source mm-hmm. as well. So um, I'd be yeah, I'd be really keen to try and get up, get her up to, to Queensland as well and, and give her a start up there. Thanks for your time this morning. Continued good success. No problem. Thank you. Annabelle Neesham joining us this morning. Yes, yeah, she's only produced a nine to the... Sounds like she's a brew, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> she's had nine starters, and and she's won uh, four of those nine, and her first three starters were, were all winners. But she's an intelligent horsewoman, and she'll do really well. And, and obviously, as she's even outlined herself, got good backing behind her. Yeah, well, she did a terrific job with Kieran Mars, Sydney stable. Mm. Uh, and Dave Eustace, sorry. Um, but having the backing of Aquas, who, who obviously buy up at the yearling sales, and including this one, who was a pretty expensive purchase, um, that's a good head start. But um, no, she looks like she's going to do well. Quick points from Dooman. Good return by Needorp. Uh, I think as you rode, barely raised a sweat and ran good time, good sectionals. Yeah, she. I guess she did exactly what you'd expect of her in that type of field. Dollar thirty, she went out in the end, and um, the key now is they, they need to get a stakes win, and she needs to do that probably at twelve hundred metres. Kavak's been gelded, and uh, he's come back. He's come back stronger as well. Another one in a new preparation, and Larry Cassidy and Chris Bunce, they're a good combination. They've got a good strike rate. He looked like he'd just gone by the wayside, Kavak. This time last year, was, we thought he was one of the more promising early two-year-olds and then didn't come up at all. But Chris Munns figured out that he just wasn't putting in and Gelding's done wonders for him. Ocean Treaty, four in a row. New training partnership of Steve O'Day and Matt Hoisted. So she's only lightly raced as well. Now, this was the one winner you did tip, wasn't it? And yeah. it was tipped. So from the previous week in the staying race, bullish confidence... And then you wimped out on Saturday. You could you could have gone chips in again and redeemed yourself. Instead, what I did was uh, when I listened to you in the morning about Blacklog of the fifteen and sixteen dollars, <laughs> I turned my attention to it. It gave see, us a good sight to see it run at five dollars fifty and uh, past two horses in the straight, um, uh, but past two more than Alpine yeah. Dancer did, who finished behind it. I just thought I'd throw that in. But just to end on a on a nice note, Thank you, you found love struck at seven dollars fifty, so that was a good good uh, tipping performance. Well, something there, but. Um, 
Yes, it was a shame to see that meeting get washed out. I think we'll probably be lining up for 10 races again next Saturday. I think there was talk of shifting the open handicap to next Saturday. They've confirmed that. So the open handicap at 13.50 has been added to the program. So we've got 10 to coincide with Derby Day at Flemington. We've run out of time. We've covered a lot of territory. Thanks for your time this morning. Tomorrow morning, folks, uh, at a special edition of Press Room, I'll be speaking with the Racing Minister, Sterling Hinchliffe, and also the Shadow Racing Minister, John Paul Langbrook, uh, getting their thoughts on what their parties will do for racing if they happen to win government. And, of course, the election being held next Saturday. And uh, hopefully you can join me at the conclusion of those two interviews. and We'll have a chat just... Um, about what they say, what they can do, Yeah, I look forward to listening to that, David. I was talking to someone yesterday. It's it's unfortunate that racing is so aligned to what happens politically here in Queensland, but it is an actual fact, and uh, the election result will have a bearing on what happens in racing. I'll end by saying it is what it is. (laughs) It applies to everything in life. Thanks for your company, folks. Look forward to being with you again next Sunday morning. Bye-bye.